Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Svechnikov moving in for the shark. Shoot! He scores! Yevgeny Svechnikov down the left wing side taking a pass and he had a little bit of a space. Fired a wrist shot in the left circle and he beats Charlie Lindgren to put the Sharks in front 1-0. Now we're down a minute 19 left in the power play. Meyer whips it rink wide to hurdle across the line. Will he shoot? He passes. It's Couture sending it back to the point. Carlson cross ice. Meyer back to EK65. He shoots it toward the net. Deflected. Score! Alexander Barabanov is right in front of the net with a hurdle, and the San Jose Sharks take a 2-0 lead. Off the faceoff. Carlson cool. shoots. Star! Eric Carlson is having another great game. He's got three points, firing that puck toward the net. It goes top corner. Might have been chipped on its way in, but the San Jose Sharks have a 3-1 lead. Just listen, all three, you know, not just, you know, the offensive piece of it, but, you know, the way he gets us out of our zone, and he's defending well. I mean, you know, this is a legit Norris Trophy winner. Uh, there's not a better defenseman in the league right now, and, you know, I know the points get a lot of attention, as they should, but all these other things you need a defenseman to do, for the most part, he's done throughout the season. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome as we get ready for today's game between your San Jose Sharks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, the Sharks just got off beating Washington, a team that needed two points as they are in a tight wild card race with the Pittsburgh Penguins being one of those teams that are right there as well. And so the San Jose Sharks in the midst of a lost season have the ability to play the role of, well, maybe not spoiler. It's too early to say that, but they can certainly make life difficult on whoever they go up against. And a big part of making life difficult is the play of Eric Carlson. And I know that we have said so much up to this point this year. He has 73 points through 54 games. That is on a 110 point pace. Like when he was doing that, in November and December, I was like, okay, this will quiet down. It hasn't quieted down. He continues to play at an absolutely absurd pace. He continues to play at an absurd level, and it feels like he's not slowing down but might actually be picking up his pace as of late. Yesterday, he was named the NHL's second star of the week. Two goals, five assists in three games, just a massive impact on every game that he's playing in. It feels like he's involved with every single goal that the Sharks score, and he's a huge part of why the Sharks have been able to win two out of their last three since the All-Star break and three out of their last four, if you can include that victory against Pittsburgh uh, that was on the other side, the, the prior side of the All-Star break. So it's just really, really fun to watch right now. It is very exciting, but it's all also why the trade chatter continues to bubble. Eric Carlson... Um, for any team that's in the playoffs right now, would want him on their roster. But of course, the question now is how much, if the Sharks were to trade him, how much would they retain? And I know that some of the rumors out there have them retaining up to 40%. I don't know if that's a deal the Sharks want to make because that is a lot of money to retain. 
But at the same time, I always fall back to this same question. Is Eric Carlson part of what the Sharks are doing right now to help them contend? The answer right now is no. And I don't know if the Sharks are going to be turned around by the time next year or the year after is you know in play and when they can truly contend again. I think it's going to take probably two years. At that point, you're looking at two years older on Eric Carlson and who knows whether or not this is a one-off or whether or not he can stay healthy. Like I, I don't know. I don't have the answers to those questions right now. It's something that I'm definitely wondering about and I think we're all wondering about. But again, we don't know the answer to that question. But as you would imagine, it is a big, big talking point. And one of the reasons why I bring it up is because I heard this interesting breakdown last night from TSN and Craig Button talking about, you know, the teams, specifically the Oilers, being interested in Eric Carlson. Now, people that I talked to earlier in the year said that the Oilers were not interested in Eric Carlson, but maybe that has changed, by the way. So this, you know, this talk, I'm a big believer when it comes to trade talk and trade time of the year and deadlines where there's smoke, there is fire. Doesn't mean it's smoldering. Doesn't mean it's a blaze out of control, but yeah, someone's talking about it. So this was the question from Jayon Ray last night on TSN to Craig Button. He has been incredible this year, has Eric Carlson. We all know that. Craig, the question is, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and Chris Johnston also reporting that the Oilers and Sharks have re-engaged in trade talks, you assume that San Jose would have to retain some salary or get a third team involved with that big of a number and the cap, but should Kenny Holland, should all his chips be on the table for this player at this time? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Okay, let's get to the first part of the answer from Craig Button beyond the yes, yes, and yes. You talk about uh, Eric Carlson for the Norris Trophy. Just put his name on it right now. There's no defenseman that's been close to him. In fact, the only player more valuable to his team this year has been 97 in Edmonton. That's how good Eric Carlson has been. Not only the Norris Trophy winner, Hart Trophy candidate, And then Button brings up a pretty good point talking about what we know about Ken Holland and his past and what he did previously with Detroit. The other thing, too, is Ken Holland knows the value of defensemen who can dominate the game. Yeah, he had one in uh, Detroit, four Stanley Cups, a bunch of Norris trophies for Nicholas Lidstrom. So Ken Holland knows exactly what Eric Carlson. And this gets us to the topic of money. So, yeah, the $11.5 million, there's going to have to be some cap flexibility. There's going to have to be some work done to take back salary. But I can tell you this, 11.5, let's just say the San Jose Sharks took back $4 million. Let's just say they took back $4 million. Well, that deal could be done in a second. You trade Tyson Berry and Kyler Yamamoto or Yessi Pugliarvi, done. But as we talk about this, let's remember that the Sharks are already retaining on Brent Burns. And now you add an impact player, dominant player, for not just this year, but for four years at potentially $7.5 million. Tell me who doesn't want Eric Carlson at $7.5 million. And I will tell you, somebody that says no isn't thinking straight. And Ken Holland, if anything, thinks straight and knows the value of players like Eric Carlson. I'll tell you what, if the Edmontoros end up with Eric Carlson... Connor McDavid won't stop smiling for the next five years. And yeah, of course, when you play it like that, when you're asking them to take 35 or 40% of the salary, yeah, of course, any team would do that. It wouldn't be a, you wouldn't think twice about it. But Elliot Friedman, according to Sheng Peng, said that the Sharks would have to be eating about 40% of it. 6.5 to $7 million would be what the Oilers are willing to play to pay. Excuse me. And Sheng is saying the Sharks are willing to retain 18% of the remaining deal. 
4.5 to 5 million per shang is 39.1 to 43.5% retainment. Maximum retainment allowed is up to 50%. And as Friedman pointed out, nobody knows if San Jose would be willing to do that. Personally, I think that's way too much to be asking just because close to 40%? That's, well, a lot of money to be eating and... Although I know the Sharks are in a situation where they need to bring down cap numbers and need to get things situated for the future, I also know that you know you just don't want to see that money. I won't say go to waste, but if you're going to spend your owner's money, you want to see it put to work out there on the ice. And then you know maybe having Eric Carlson, if he has found a new gear or a new second phase of his career, it is not the worst thing in the world to have him out there and playing at such a high level. Some news out of Sharks morning skate today. Aaron Dell is going to get the start once again, uh, but James Reimer is out there working, so he's improving. Uh, but yeah, it looks like at this point it is going to be Aaron Dell getting the start again. As Curtis Pichelka put out there tonight, Logan Couture is going to play in his 900th game. He's only the ninth player from his draft class to reach that milestone. So congratulations to Logan Couture. That is a pretty remarkable achievement or milestone or accumulation, however you want to look at it. Playing in 900 games in the NHL is something else. And this is also going to be a big game for the San Jose Sharks for a couple of reasons. One is the fact that they have just not put on a good show for the fans at home this year. Of their 17 wins, 12 were on the road. Only five are at home. Now, maybe they won't say it publicly, but I would guarantee they all absolutely hate that fact. You are a professional. You want to win in front of your home fans. You want to be able to give them a good show day in, day out. Know that they're putting out the money for a good product out there on the ice. And the Sharks up to this point of the year have not been able to do that. And they've had some particularly painful losses at home. We don't need to go over all of them, but the one that I point to in particular over and over is just the fact that they were up 4-2 on Anaheim with less than five minutes to go, and they ended up losing 5-4 in overtime. I mean, that to me is the, that's the one that we all point to and say, yeah, that one hurt. That was a game that no one thought the Sharks were capable of losing, and somehow they lost. And now they garnered a point, so it's not the worst thing in the world. But, you know, if it's me, I'd, I'd just rather them have lost in regulation or just not blown the two-goal lead and carried on and gotten themselves to get a win. So I do think that putting a premium on getting home wins for the rest of the season is something we are going to be seeing from the Sharks. And I do look at their schedule, and I think that I won't say favorable is the right way to look at it, but I do see a lot of opportunity for the Sharks because they have Pittsburgh tonight, then they go out onto the road to see Vegas on Thursday, then back home Saturday against Buffalo, Monday afternoon against Seattle, and then they will be hosting Nashville on Thursday night, then on the Saturday night, Chicago's in town. Sunday and Monday off. Tuesday night, they'll be hosting Montreal to end the month. And then they're still home against Seattle and Washington before they go out onto the road. They'll see Winnipeg, Colorado, St. Louis. Then home versus Minnesota. Home versus Columbus. Home versus Seattle. Home versus the Islanders. Then at Edmonton, at Vancouver, at Calgary, finishing off the month home against Winnipeg and home against Vegas. So to me, this is a home-heavy schedule for the next two months that will give the Sharks an opportunity or for the remainder of this month and all of March. So we'll give the Sharks an opportunity to improve upon that home record. Now, beyond that, looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins, this is a big game for them because they are playing a game in which their playoff lives are on the line. If you look at how the East is entering today, 
Washington is in first with 62 points. Interesting Washington story just popped up, by the way. Pittsburgh is in second with 61 points. Florida is in third with 60 points. The Islanders are in fourth place in the wild card, 60 points. Then you go to Buffalo at 56, Detroit at 56, Philadelphia, Philadelphia with 54, Ottawa with 53, Montreal with 48, and then a big drop off to Columbus at 36. But back to the Washington story and how this could have implications on the entirety of the Eastern Conference playoff race and wildcard race as well. Alex Ovechkin took a leave of absence earlier today. It was announced by the team. Apparently a family member of his is dealing with a health issue or there's some sort of family matter. And so Ovechkin is going to be out for the rest of the week and he could miss that upcoming stadium series game. Um, and you know, that changes the dynamic and I'm not saying you want to be opportunistic because another team is having a family issue, but it's like, if you're Pittsburgh, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, Hey, if that team is going to be without their best player for a bit, then you got to make sure that you take advantage of get all the points that you can. And that's where the pens are right now. They are probably thinking we have got to get these two points while Washington could be without a key player for a week's time. So it's a big game for Pittsburgh. Any way you want to look at it, this is a big, big game for them. All right, let's get into some pregame sound from head coach David Quinn earlier this morning. A couple of things he said, Gadjevich would be out and Kevin LeBanc would be in for him. He said, no, Kevin LeBanc is not the typical fourth-line guy, but they're looking for a big effort-filled night from him. And, of course, LeBanc has been missing a lot of time as of late. Uh, he also talked about the fact that it is frustrating to have uh, you know, your top two goalies out at the same time. Kakinen is well enough to back up tonight, but Reimer is still out. And uh, day-to-day is what Quinn had to say for him. He was also asked about the trade speculation right now and comparing the situation to when he was in New York. I mean, honestly, I think our situation is different because we got two great players that you know are under contract and we love and you know obviously people want them it's not like whereas in those other situations it's clear that you know people are going to trade and want to trade and that's not the case with our guys so you know, I think these are different circumstances yeah different circumstances for sure and that has to be taken into account the sharks don't have to do anything that that's the thing that I think that everybody forgets is like they are not under any deadline to do this with players that they control for next year. These are not unrestricted free agents. These aren't rental type players. This is a situation where they can see what exactly they want to do. Head coach David Quinn was also asked about, you know, keeping the team motivated. What's the message here? We're in the final stretch of the season. The trade deadline is approaching. The Sharks are not in a playoff position. And he gave a pretty interesting answer. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're professionals and you're always getting evaluated and someone's always leaving the building with an opinion on you and you know to me it's about you know can people rely on you um, you know every player here is trying to continue to improve and you know establish themselves to whether guys that are trying to be established in league or establish themselves at a new level and to me it's all about professional pride and uh, I mentioned this after the game I'm just really proud of our guys the way they've continued to keep their nose to the grindstone and compete and you know, I know Washington was on a back-to-back, but we've been in plenty of situations like that where teams are waiting for us. And, you know, I'm sure Wash was a little off in their game, but I think one of the reasons they were is we made it hard on them. And that's what we try to do night in and night out. And I do give head coach David Quinn a great deal of credit for that because the Sharks continue to compete. They continue to work hard. They continue to put forth good efforts. And I think that one of the things he's touched on ultimately is that, you know, the Sharks have had a very, very rough go of it in terms of getting the bounces, in terms of getting the breaks. It's been one of my big frustrations this year is I always feel like 
effort and hard work in hockey in particular is rewarded. You know, it's not like baseball where the team that, you know, swings harder is necessarily going to win the game or it's not the team that, you know, throws harder is going to win. Like there's various other things that go into play in a game like baseball and hockey. If your effort is supreme, you feel like you're going to win that game, and the Sharks just have not been rewarded time in, time out for whatever reason. But I think that's most definitely something that Quinn can look at when he's doing his end-of-the-season evaluations and when he's talking about everything is that, hey, his team continued to fight despite the hardship and despite the fact that you know they were at a talent deficit against teams, that they were not as good as their opposition in various games, that they always put together a good effort. Now, the results... You know, I can't excuse those because the results are what they are. And there's a number of games where the Sharks have not been able to hold on leads, have not been able to, uh, you know, play the full 60 minutes. And that's something that is a collective issue that needs to be improved upon. But I would still point to the effort and say, if that's what's indicative of how everyone on the team is bought in and doing what is asked of them, I mean, there's, there's no greater test in terms of what you see out there in terms of effort. Like they're fighting, they're playing hard, they're working to win. Might not be good enough to win, but they're still working towards that win. Quinn was also asked if he had any specific record and or goals from here to the end of what type of a record he would like to put up. I know that I said earlier, I think that they would probably like to take advantage of a more home-heavy schedule in the near future and take advantage of that. But Quinn is not uh, is not putting any certain terms out there for sure. No, just the guys keep, or whatever. keep building what we're yeah, trying to yeah. build on and create the style of play that we want to emulate moving forward here. And our guys are doing a good job. And I agree with that. I think that even though the results haven't been there, I think there has been more of a positive trend as of late. And that's what I think we all want to see, because while we don't know what's going to happen with a trade of Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, we do know that the effort has been there regardless. And I think that's the most important thing to see beyond the results. Obviously you want to win. You want to put on a good show. You want to give your fans something to be excited about, but at the same time, where we are in the Sharks' timeline, there just aren't any guarantees. One thing I'll definitely be paying attention to tonight is the play of Kevin LeBanc, because at this point, it is very clear that he is in the doghouse, and it is very clear to me that you know he is just not doing what the coaching staff is asking of him. And I think it's important to see what LeBanc does if he's given this opportunity tonight. And I think that's a thing that you have to take advantage of. Like Maybe Kevin LeBanc doesn't feel that what they're asking him to do is what best suits his game. But ultimately, if you want to earn the approval and overall just the positivity of your coach, of knowing he can rely on you and use him the way that he wants you to be used, like that's what you got to do. Like, yeah, maybe you are not accustomed to doing X, Y, and Z, but if that's what the coach is asking, then you need to go out there and do it. And yeah, that can be a bit of a blow to the ego. That can be something that you're not confident in. But if that's what your coach is asking of you, then that's what your coach is asking of you. And it's it's easier for me to say than it is to actually go and do it. But Kevin LeBanc is a talented player. He is a productive player, and he has value out there on the ice. The problem is that he's not doing exactly what David Quinn and the coaching staff are asking of him. And so that's what's got to improve. And that's ultimately, that's what every player in the NHL, unless you are a superstar, you've got to do what's asked of you even if it's outside your comfort zone. And sometimes that's how players get better. They work and they build outside of their comfort zone because that's how they're going to get the opportunity. They're going to do something that they're not accustomed to, that they're not normally asked to do, but it's what the team is asking of them. And I know that when he is out there, he does provide an offensive lift. He does give you the idea of being able to rely on him and his shot. And he's a good four checker. He does things well. It's not like he's a player that's a problem. 
He is a player that's simply not completely in line with the vision that David Quinn has for what he needs out of him on the ice. And for me, that's an opportunity to grow. That's an opportunity to improve. That's an opportunity overall to get better. But we are out of time. Be sure to join us at 7 for live pregame coverage as the Sharks get ready to take on the Pens right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow at 7 for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yang.